All right, everybody, this is the Phylactery Session 3 post-show. I'm at home. I'm recording. Uh, this is Monday. I did not have time yesterday to record it. We'll put all these together. I've also made the decision to post on Monday instead of Sundays because I don't want my group to be able to hear my pre-cast thoughts. Just in case they listen to the show, um, I don't want them to know what it is going into it, but you guys at least know what my pre-show and post-show thoughts are. And it's kind of a running history for myself as well. So let's get into this post-show. Holy shit, things actually for once kind of went as planned, and it was really fun. We were down one player, so let's get into this. Down a man, four people, one camera, one combat, set up for a new combat, an assault on High Spire, this to-the-clouds monastery. Abbey is empty. 7,000 people crammed inside of the High Spire in four towers. Holy shit, this went really well. Uh, I haven't used miniatures in a long time. I kind of strayed away from them since I moved from my old house. The setup just isn't really that conducive to a camera. We made it work this week. I used gems. I didn't pull up miniatures yet. I think for... Todd to be able to see them on his and they need to be painted and based. So maybe I'll do that for the heroes, but the heroes have that. But the monsters might not. Um, just an idea. I'm going to try it. We won't always use maps, but guys, what I had planned yesterday went almost flawlessly. Almost, almost. And as a GM, that does not happen. It's a very proud moment. I did not railroad. I set up hooks. I gave them pieces to look at and things to follow. Uh, they, they could have just said, fuck it, and we're leaving and not went to High Spire. And then I would have had to really be on my feet. But they did do what they wanted to do. The tie was was that Callan uh, worked there and has lived there since he was a child. He wanted to go back and see why the alarm had been set. I nailed it. It went well. So let's break this down. Sure enough, when they saw the wind um, alarm system defense shield going down, they fled and ran there as quick as they could. Iris, like predicted, beat them there. Um, I used the chase mechanics. I've never used it before. It's really kind of cool. I like the random table. Um, and then I just, the random table, she tripped over something, but you made the save. And it's kind of like a stampede. I went and looked in the back of the book for Encounters for Wilderness. I'm like, this is an area where... Where the fell wild comes through, what would be a good creature? I saw blink dogs. I was like, perfect. So blink dogs were chasing her and kind of tripped her up. She fell and tumbled, made her check. Then Callan, pseudo-familiar, came looking for her. Um, we've been using the idea of the passive stealth versus passive perception. Since this is a chase mechanic, you're a quarry. She had trees. She had to hide. So she gets an advantage, but the pseudo-familiar has an advantage on seeing and sensing. So that's a plus five since the passive for it. So 17 or eight, 18 she had to roll. She did it, got away. That was it. I handed her really quick. Not lots of rolls. She beat them out. Sure enough, man, spy that her character is, she decided that she wanted to sneak in. Uh, she went into the main area found the teleportation area that she knows that reinforcements will be coming from. And she had written in, if you guys remember correctly, uh, she had her people say that she was part of the reinforcements coming in so she could just be in the room, which is awesome because I figure things getting teleported. People don't know where the teleportations are coming from. They could be coming from anywhere. So that worked really well. Um, she took a blanket and a pillow for all the people who were been giving housing stuff, and she hid up there. And she was literally waiting outside in, like, the seating area, to go into the teleportation room. Turned out awesome. 
I could not have planned that better. Um, and her being a spy, she they still don't know that she's... Even by the end of this session, they don't know that she is Court of Bone. So, group shows up. Uh, they talk their way in with the, the marked man, the marked gargoyle, and then also the real gargoyle, because there's no people in the streets. They find that all the city doors are open. I can't kind of come up with that on the fly. But basically, whenever they're on attack, people leave all their city doors open. The guards go through, look for the hostile problems, and then lock, shut and lock the doors because they're... The community is that close-knit. I'm sure there are probably some people, but as a general rule, everyone leaves their door open. That's how they live here. That's how they're provided for everything, so on and so forth. Once they were actually in the Court of the Hound teleportation areas, um, they started talking. They locked the gargoyle and the marked one up in a magical summoning room to make sure nothing happened. And then shit went south. I had the six gargoyles came up. There was civilians sitting in the sitting room. Everybody made their way in, and then Iris came in last, like a civilian trying to help. Locked her, her, took an action, locked her cape up, so no one knew she was court. And the fight began. And dude, Paladin with the Crusader archetype, ridiculous. I cannot believe that Malachi can fear gargoyles. They must run from him. Um. Well, they can't approach him. They can fight him if they're already there, but they can't approach him. And the idea of people having knockback, they can't reapproach him. Dude, it was like a horror scene for these gargoyles. Let me tell you. So after all that is said and done, the group gets in the fight, finishes it. They see something else teleporting in. Um, it's a Dao, which is a CR 11 creature. They realize it's bad. They down the last gargoyle, clear the teleportation circle, and this large shadowy creatures beating on other people they can see it kind of coming through teleportation i made it look dramatic because the idea is teleportation circle takes a little time to power up and come through so on and so forth and then uh, what was it calder decided we need to shut this down we cannot handle fighting this they shut teleportation circle down stop it from coming through granted that means wherever that's going on those people are absolutely screwed the master in training from high spire Gave them a bunch of magical items, the plus one javelin, stuff like that. I told them, yes, get out of here um, we're, or stay and fight, whatever you want to do. The group decided we need to go. We need to warn the courts. And then it happened. <laughs> My girl, Iris, decided, you know what? I'm going to say I'm a smuggler, and I know that there is a circle that we can use, that it's a smuggler trade circle. That's how we're going to get out of here. On the one I came in on that's up in the hills and mountains, that's what we're going to use. Holy crap, couldn't have planned it better. I didn't even have to make that up. She made that up. I just made the area that it's in. I decided it's like an old fort, and they took the wind tunnels. Um, what did I end up getting in the wind tunnels? In the wind tunnels, I did this three half spheres uh, that are wind-related, and they when you, you spin all three of them, and then once they stop spinning, kind of like tops, but you tell the story of the three siblings, and when it stops, you stop your story. It's kind of like how they told bedtime stories to kids, I think. And each one of the tops is a sibling, and you and it's just like the image for them are on it, like a, whatever their wind symbol is for High Cloud. And then you tell the story. So that's my history part. I've decided it if you're in any adjoining villages, because they got a list of villages and places that are friendly with High Cloud that will put people up when they travel. Kind of like when monks travel, hey, here's a place to stay. So they have that. They do it. They get. Um, they tell that story. They basically get a advantage on all their roles interacting with those people. There were three throwing dagger plus threes. Uh, I forgot you don't have to attune, just bonus items, just things that are really special. So that's kind of good for them. 
There's some boots that they got. I think they're called uh, Boots of the Gold Wind. No one knows what they are yet because nobody has Identify memorized. I don't think any of my casters have it yet. And they went through the tunnels, made their way up into the hills. And when they came out of the cave, they could see that High Spire was under assault from tons of gargoyles. They're in the trees, though, in the mountains. They used some illusions, snuck out, camped, and then made their way to the fort the next day because they needed to rest. I'm hoping during this time Ian's character, Corthion, is um, following them, either in wild shape or with magic or whatever it is he needs to do. So that's how that went. They got to the place. Uh, the teleportation circle is hidden in the corner of, like, think of those old old forts where there would be a wall palisade that goes around. It's like 40 by 60. The horses would go in there. There's probably some barracks inside the wall. And there's one tower that looks out off the mountain, kind of like a, a scouting or a warning area as you go up. And inside this area, they realize that there are two faces on each of the the wall around that you would walk around the lookout. Um, and those four, two, sorry, eight faces, two on each of them, has slowly been watching them. Iris was good enough to sneak in. Um, they found some of those smeared stone areas. And then I, I decided to have a person buried up to their neck that has been marked. So she got everyone in. They dug him out. She checked the secret area. Uh, they, we've decided that the teleportation circle is, is made for the circle of bone. They illegally have it because she's a spy. And it's two hands holding it. And then the fingers light up as a denoting of how much time you have till the circle is active. And as soon as all this went down... I had the creature start forming. Um, the the pseudo-familiar for Calder was kind of on watch outside because it's small and saw this huge creature forming and these floating faces around it. And we cut it there. Went well. There was a lot of role play, but mostly combat this session. The paladin's ability to fear people as Crusaders awesome. And at the end of the session, I leveled everybody. Um, everyone's taking the same classes they were, except for Callan. Now he's traveling. He's going to be a monk and a cleric, which is actually kind of cool. He took the radiant fist or whatever it is and turned it into wind. We just we just redid it and said it's all wind damage instead. Pretty awesome. Really excited it went well. But I'm in non-con this weekend, and I'm hoping to be back Sunday to run the rest. So let me give you a rundown for what's going on for next week. So went well. This week, busy as shit. Um, I leave Thursday night to go to Limelight in Sheboygan. It is non-con this weekend, everybody. If you are in the Milwaukee area and you listen to this podcast, I will be running my new IP, Warpaint, which is a cypher ghost in the shell meets Pacific Rim world of, of far future 3077 kaiju and pilot combat, which are known as Hound and Hunters. I'll be running that if you're interested. Come on out. It's at 8th Street Ale House. It is a small group, somewhere between that 50 to 90 range. Lots of gaming, nonstop. And honestly, it's just a great small con with a lot of really, really good GMs and fun people to play with. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, you only make it for one day, you can make it for all of them. Join us. Um, I believe it is 45 if you pre-reg, 50 at the door. If you only come for one day, I think it's 25. Now, granted, you I think you get a glass and discounts on food at 8th Street Ale House while you're there. So if you're in the area and you just want to come eat and play games, it's a good way to get a little bit of a discount and play some games. I know Jeremiah is going to be running Kingdom Death Monster. I believe my friend Kelly Dawson is going to run some Blades in the Dark. And then, of course, uh, Bloodlines and Black Magic will be ran by the Mirror J. It finally comes out in February. I am so pumped. 
And I think uh, I think there might be some Rune 5e's whisperings and murmurings. So yeah, that's that's how things are. There's a guy there who runs a bunch of card and board games. It is downright a good time. I will say I will be bringing two games. I'll be bringing Weave to play for those who have not played it yet. Um, fantastic tarot cards used to tell a tale. Um, Monocle Society builds it. One of my favorite games this year, top five. And then I will also be bringing Fall of Magic. And I think I kind of want to run a really deep storytelling session. So I'm going to really pick and choose the people who play that. We get to play in the the basement um, hall area they have. It's all wood paneling and stuff. I want to run a Cthulhu-esque style last magic thing. So everybody, if you want something to do this weekend, meet us out at NotCon. Now, I am also redoing my Patreon. I've decided that uh, my Patreon is too narrowly focused. I need to broaden it. I do too many things to strictly say I'm going to make adventures all the time. So that means this adventure you guys have been listening to, this setting that I've been designing for 5e, I'm going to put out as a micro-campaign. Uh, through subscribing with me, there will be one to four paid posts a month. You can pick your pledge levels and or, or patrons level, patronage level, and that is going to allow you to get access to this as I'm developing it with new classes, new organizations, things to play. And you can kind of be a part of building these micro-campaigns. The idea of a micro-campaign is 5e is not putting out campaign settings. And I fucking want them, but I really don't want 300-page books because I like to develop new things all the time. So this 5e setting is going to be a new setting for you to play between 30 to 50 pages when all said and done. It will get formatted into PDF. And if you're a patronage backer, uh, Patreon backer, you will get that for free, but you're going to get the content as we go along to help support what we're doing, help get art, so on and so forth. I'll still be doing the plotting and plotted adventures with this, but I needed more. I needed a reason to be doing those adventures and maps and everything else. So I hope you guys enjoy what I'm going to be doing with Patreon. It's going to be changing here in the next 10 days. Sign up now. I, there will not uh, be too many things going on this month, but I want you guys to know what's going on. I hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast. Everybody, grab a beer, go roll some dice, and just really enjoy this amazing hobby. All right, everybody, I will see you at NonCon.